Someone has written about Psalm 46 that in it we find divine resources to sustain us in the difficulties of life. Psalm 46 may have been composed when the nation of Judah was going through a great difficulty in her life or right after that difficulty. Let's read Psalm 46 and then go on to notice four resources from the Lord for life's troubles. Psalm 46. And as I have mentioned to you on a number of occasions, uh, Psalm 46 was Martin Luther's favorite psalm. I'll be reading from the New International Version. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The first divine resource we see in Psalm 46 for our difficult times is the refuge of God. The refuge of God. Verse 1, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. The word refuge means a shelter from danger. It means protection from trouble. That is one thing we want when we are going through difficult times, is it not? Shelter, protection. We don't want to be overcome by our difficulties. We don't want to be defeated and destroyed by them. We don't want to be tossed about and, and drowned. We want to be kept safe. We want to be cared for. Turn to Mark chapter 4 and look with me at verses 35 through 39. 
Mark 4, verses 35 through 39. That day, when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. The disciples on this occasion were in great danger. They were out on a lake, traveling to the region of the Gerasenes, when a raging storm came up. Their lives suddenly were on the line. They could easily have drowned. Question, what was it they wanted at this time? For what did they cry out? They wanted to be cared for. Teacher, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? They wanted a protector. And that is what Christ was to them. He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And the wind died down. And it was completely calm. For our difficulties, no matter what they may be, Psalm 46, first of all, tells us that we have a protector. We have one who cares for us. And Christian, that one is the Lord God. Someone has said that the theme of Psalm 46 is the security of God's people amid the storms of life. I like that. I appreciate that very much, the security of God's people amid the storms of life. God will see to it that nothing outside of his control and will and love will take place in the lives of his people. Verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Perhaps presently, you're going through some challenge right now. You're experiencing some difficulty. Here's another psalm for you to keep in mind. We read it earlier, Psalm 91. 
listen to two of the verses from Psalm 91 that you might take these words with you as well. Verse 4, he will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield. Verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Nothing outside of his control and will and love will take place in the life of one of his. The second divine resource we see in Psalm 46 is the strength of God. Let me say that again. The strength of God. Verse 1, once more, says, God is our refuge and strength. Dr. Warren Wiersbe has said, in our difficulties, we go to God for shelter, but we don't do that to hide from our troubles. God doesn't want us to run from the situations that come to our lives. He wants us to face them, go through them in him. We go to him then for protection, to be taken care of in the midst of our challenges, and we go to him also for strength to receive the wherewithal to deal with our circumstances. Our God, we read, protects us from evil happening to us, and he strengthens us to accomplish his will in our difficulties. Most of us are familiar with the part of David's life when King Saul was trying to take his life. That started when David was in his late teenage years, and it lasted for the next 10 years of his life. For an entire decade, David, a person after God's own heart, had the king of all Israel after him in order to end his life. You talk about having a problem. Psalm 18 is a psalm of David about his experience with Saul and with other enemies as well. Turn to Psalm 18 and notice with me a few of the verses in it. When you get to Psalm 18, by the way, you'll notice from its introductory heading that it's of David, the servant of the Lord, which he sang to the Lord when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. That causes me to ask this. Do you sing to the Lord? Do you thank the Lord? Do you praise the Lord when he delivers you from the hand of an enemy? Or do you just complain 
moan, become bitter in reference to your difficulties. Well, look with me at verse 2 of Psalm 18. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. For 10 years, David had Saul on his back. But for 10 years, he also had the Lord at his side. He also had the Lord as his refuge, as his shield. Now, also notice verse 1. I love you, O Lord, my strength. Not only did David receive protection, he also received strength. God supplied David every day with the strength he needed to keep going, with the strength he needed to go through his difficulty for God's glory. Still Psalm 18, skip over to the end of verse 30. God is a shield for all who take refuge in him. And now verses 32 through 34. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. That is what God wants to do for us in our challenges. This is not simply something that God wants us to read as history past. This is something that God wants us to see that he wants to do for us. He wants to arm us with strength. He wants to enable us to stand in our difficulties. Verse 29, with your help, I can run through a barricade. With my God, I can scale a wall. Verse 37, I pursued my enemies and overtook them. Here's how the New Testament puts what we've been seeing in the Old Testament. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. For our difficulties in life, God is, first of all, our refuge, and God is, second of all, our strength. Let's ask, is this the way I approach my difficulties? I think of God protecting me, and I think of God strengthening me. Often it isn't. Am I correct? Oh God, why am I having this trouble? What's going on here? Take this away now. That's the way we are often. By God's grace, let's become the way of the Bible. Let's accept what comes to us and let's deal with it in God's strength, to God's glory, as God protects us.
God is our refuge and our strength. Going back to Psalm 46, we've been in Psalm 18, going back now to our main text, Psalm 46. I want you to notice one, one further item in reference to God being our refuge and strength. Notice the end of verse 1 of Psalm 46. It says, God is an ever-present help in trouble. Do you know what ever-present means? In regards to his children, God is always there to help. Every time we have a challenge, God is our refuge and strength. Moses certainly had a lot of challenges in his leading of the children of Israel. Read the story, see the challenges, but also see that God was always there with Moses to help. Joshua had a lot of challenges when he took over for Moses. Read the story, see the challenges, but also see that God was always there with Joshua to help him. Christ says to us in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20, Surely, truly, truly, surely, I will be with you always to the very end of the age. I close out our second point about God's strength with this. Psalm 46 in verse 4 talks about a river whose streams make glad the city of God. You see that? Verse 4, a river whose streams make glad the city of God. You may know that the great Egyptian cities were built on the Nile River. Babylon was built on the Euphrates River. Rome is built on the Tiber. London is built by the Thames. And the greatest city in North America, Philadelphia, is built by the Delaware River. But Jerusalem had no river running through it for a water supply. What then is being referred to here in verse 4? I think this. It is the Lord God and his constant supply of grace and strength for his people. We believers are the city of God, and the Lord God dwells in our midst, and the Lord God ever gives of his presence to live for him. There is a river for us whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. Go to the Lord God. Drink from him often of his grace and of his strength. Divine resource number three. Divine resource number three is the promises 
of God. The promises of God are also a real help, a real aid to us in our difficulties. What a combination. God gives us his protection when we go through our hard times. He gives us his protection. Nothing will happen to us outside of his will, protection. He gives us his power. He gives us his strength to deal with what he has allowed to come our way so that we profit from it and so that he is honored. And he also gives us his promises, protection, power, and promises. Look at verses 5 and 10 of Psalm 46. Verse 5, promise. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. As I have told some of you in the past, there are some Bible students who think that the historical background of Psalm 46 is King Hezekiah and Judah being attacked by King Sennacherib and Assyria. Assyria, humanly speaking, was a powerful nation at that time in history. It seems what Assyria wanted to do, she was able to do. It was Assyria that defeated and deported the northern kingdom of Israel just 20 years earlier. King Sennacherib, because of King Hezekiah's rebellion against being his vassal, decided to go up against Judah. And so he went to the land of Judah and captured all of the fortified cities of Judah. He then went to Jerusalem, the capital of Judah, the residence of King Hezekiah, and with about, it seems, 200,000 soldiers, he was going to finish the job. King Hezekiah, we read, went up to the temple of the Lord and spread out his situation before the Lord. He went to God and prayed no doubt at length, about his very great trouble. And the Lord, through Isaiah the prophet, said this in response to Hezekiah. It's found in 2 Kings 19, verses 32 and 33. 2 Kings 19, verses 32 and 33. This is what the Lord says. Concerning the king of Assyria, he will not enter this city or shoot an arrow here. He will not come before it with shield or build a siege ramp against it. By the way that he came, he will return, declares the Lord. The Lord, through Isaiah, gave Hezekiah a promise. Well, what happened? Two things. 
2 Kings 19, verses 35 and 36 is the first thing. Look at those verses now. 2 Kings 19, 35 and 36. That night, the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 men in the Assyrian camp. When the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies. So Sennacherib, king of Assyria, broke camp, withdrew. He returned to Nineveh and stayed there. What happened? Number one, God made a promise and he kept it. Number two, Hezekiah, I think it's correct to say, because of the promise of God, received comfort, received encouragement, received confidence to go on in the face of this difficulty. Is Psalm 46, as some Bible students think about this incident with Sennacherib, do verses 5 and 10 tell us of God's promise to Hezekiah on this occasion? Whether this is the historical context or not, verses 5 and 10 do remind us of the promises of God and that he has also given us promises to draw upon in our difficult times of life. Divine resource number three, the assurances, the pledges, the promises of God. Let me bring this point to a close in this way. Do you think we are making too much of the promises of God? Do you think that there are far too few promises in the Bible for us to uh, really take what we have just heard with us and uh, bring it into our lives? Do you know how many promises there are in the Bible? A school teacher from Canada, during his 27th reading of the Bible, tried to tally up the number of promises. It took him a year and a half to do this. And he came up with approximately 7,500 promises that God has made to man. That's 7,500 promises. Are we making too much of this point? I don't think so. And I would say that there are promises of God in the Bible for every aspect, for every situation, for everything about our lives. And so what we need to do in light of what we have just heard is this. We need to start learning the promises of God. Perhaps we can go about it in this way. Every day in our devotions. And you are having devotions every day, are you not? Every day in our devotions, we might want to look for a promise of God in his word. 
then underline it. Think about it. Learn it. Claim it. Whatever we want to make this point a solid point in our lives. My friends, what we have gone through, how much we have missed because we have not known and claimed the promises of God. Our last divine resource is an important one, but it will be briefly presented. Our last divine resource is the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. Notice verses 8 and 9. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. The sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God quite simply is this. God reigns. God rules. God is in control of our lives. God is in control of all things for his glory. And there is no one nor group which can oppose, frustrate, or limit any purpose of God for his glory. Dr. D. James Kennedy, I believe it was, once prayed these words, Father, may we go forth into your world knowing that you are the sovereign ruler of every blade of grass. From the atoms in the smallest insect to the stars that move in their courses, you are the sovereign God. May, may we do that. May we go forth into God's world knowing that God is king. Martin Luther, as I have already mentioned, had Psalm 46 as his favorite psalm. He put it to music, both verse and tune, in the year 1529. By the way, Martin Luther wrote at least 35 other hymns. When Martin Luther was at the Diet of Augsburg, in other words, uh, a formal assembly was being held at Augsburg, and Martin Luther was there. When he was there, he, he would go, I have read, each day to a window, and standing at the window and looking up to heaven, he would sing his 46th psalm. To his lute, an instrument like the guitar, he would sing, A mighty fortress is our God, a bulwark never failing. Luther evidently wanted to remind himself every day of the truths of Psalm 46. May we live in the great truths of Psalm 46. As we have our difficulties, as we have our troubles in life, and we will, may we remember the refuge of God, 
the strength of God, the promises of God, and the sovereignty of God. And may we also remember this. Our greatest problem in life is sin. Our rebellion against God and God's just wrath that is upon us. Jesus Christ, however, is our refuge from sin. He takes our punishment upon himself. And Jesus Christ is our strength concerning sin. He gives us the power to fight against sin and live for him. And Jesus Christ makes this promise to us. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. At home today, once again, receive the Lord Jesus as your refuge and strength from sin. And rejoice in his promises of forgiveness and eternal life. And rejoice in the sovereignty, in the kingship, in the rulership of the Lord God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, both of these applications, we ask you to work in our lives. That as we go through life and experience difficulty, we will remember the truths of Psalm 46. And as we think about the greatest trouble we have, rebellion against you and your just wrath upon us, may we come to the Lord Jesus Christ and make him our refuge and our strength. And we pray this again for family members, and for good friends. In Jesus' name, amen.